the people who booked me, they called me and said, um, yeah, that was really stupid. So not only have you lost the job, you're now off the books. Um, uh, and that was, Oh my <laughs> God. Yeah. Again, another, another lesson. Very, very well learnt, uh, in, in that essence so of you have to go find say nothing. Yeah. Wow. Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast and welcome to Bloody Garrison Lane. That's right, today we're talking about the final season of Peaky Blinders, but not in our usual style of deep dives and fake intellectualism. No, today I have the pleasure, the privilege, the surprise to be able to speak to someone who was five feet away from Tommy Shelby himself. So, joining me to talk about being involved in a hit show and just like smoking, because, yeah, I saw it. Smoking, drinking whiskey with the Peaky Blinders. By order of the Peaky fucking Blinders, it's Stefan! <laughs> wow, what an intro. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for appearing on the podcast. Thank you very much for talking about this show with me. Like I said, it's a privilege. How are you, how are you been? How are you doing? I've been good. I've been very good. Um show has worked wonders for socials i mean it's amazing mm. it's a uh, the show itself is incredible so i won't spoil too much for those who may be listening that haven't caught up or got mm-hmm. up to speed but um what i will share is is just you know how i've how i've sort of taken through the show how i was accepted into the peaky family what my experiences were like with and as you say being five feet away from the the, the man himself yeah. mr mr thomas shelby incredible yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been okay. That's great. That's great. Well, I mean, personally and professionally, I'm happy for you. So before we go into anything, just quick admin. I'm not going to spend too much time on podcast admin today because we. I just want to get into the conversation. But if you're listening to this episode on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please rate us on the platform on either platform. And if you're listening on any other platform, you can also follow us on whatever platform: Google Podcasts, Deezer, whatever else you're listening on. Um, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's right. I have a YouTube channel now and I say like and subscribe. That's the person I am. So um, don't tell the past me. Um, yeah, we're currently in the middle of weekly coverage of Marvel's Moon Knight and Donald Glover's Atlanta. So check in if you're interested in those shows. We're also going to be covering the final season of Better Call Saul and season three of Barry. Two very, very excellent shows. So yeah, feel free to check in and please share the podcast with anyone who you think might like film and tv so normally on an episode like this we would go in on a deep dive on the entire show or the entire season and talk about what we gained from it the themes and all that mm-hmm. but you know what? this is a film and tv podcast and it's not often we get people that have been involved in actual films and tv shows so if the listeners will oblige me and you kind of have to because it's my podcast <laughs> that's for people that have already tuned out um, I'm gonna let my nerd flag fly a bit, and we're just gonna we're just gonna talk. So, to our five listeners, probably less after that prelude I just gave. Um, Stephen is a very talented actor who I had the pleasure of working with on our short film We Move, which I promise is still going to come out at some point. <laughs> and yeah, you actually almost didn't make that 
shoot because well, Peaky Blinders held you up. So, which is like, if you have to step out of a short film, that's a good enough excuse, isn't it? I mean, it's better than the dog ate my homework yeah. or my script, so I'm I can't make it or. There's no trains, there's no transport, so I can't, I can't arrive. I mean, definitely, sorry guys, Peaky Behind is called, I can't make your short. There's yeah. this kind of, it's enough clout that makes me sound quite, quite a bit of a dickhead. Um, <laughs> well, you know what, it's, it's the right kind of dickhead. It's like, well, like, you know what, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I would have done the same thing. I'm like, yes, please go do Peaky Blinders. Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, luckily we're able to reschedule some of the stuff and able to have you on on what I think is one of a very, very good scene and a good sequence in the film, which I hope people get to see and appreciate someday. Yes, it was close. It was very it was close. Very there was close. a few weeks where it was, um, what if we tried this day and it was not quite working and then God graced us with a clear schedule and we managed yeah. to get both done. I mean, like, for people that eventually watch the short film, like you have your peaky haircut in the film, like so, and I, I don't think I don't think you know this, but um, Chris and I, my co-director, we were like at the point we're like, oh, okay, so we started looking at new uh, um, actors to replace you. We're like, okay, we're gonna have to audition someone else again. It's like in a week's time. Who do we get? Like, we started sending out the script, but we're just like, ah, Stefan, because this was twenty twenty one. You had been involved since like March 2020. Like he's been involved for so long. He knows this character. We've done all these conversations. Do we want to get someone else? Can we try? And so yeah, it was like, it was a whole thing. It was, it was kind of like, um, you know, I think it's the swan who is like, looks so graceful above the water, but like underneath, they're just like paddling to save their lives. <laughs> that was, that was us. We just like, tried to pull up a brief front, but we're like, oh, what are we going to do? And then anyway, that's a whole different podcast. But yeah, Stefan <laughs> plays Gilly. Gilly Ray, is, it, is that pronunciation? Gilly Ray? Yes, you've got it right. Gilly Ray, yes, one sir. of Isaiah's cousins in episode three and episode six of the latest season. So, um, okay, let's just let's rewind a bit because I believe you got this role in 2020. Is that correct? Yes. Um, we're 2022 now, aren't we? Mm-hmm. And you filmed so, in 2021. That's right. And so the entirety of, yeah, so it was March um, in 2020. I believe. So just before we went into lockdown. Exactly that. Yeah. So in fact, it was the week before, because it was the 27th of March, we went into full scale lockdown. Mm-hmm. The week before I had just got the contract through and oh, wow. signed and said, yes, I will speak of this to nobody. It was under NDA. Um, and I had the contract signed. And then all of a sudden, uh, about two days later it was announced the world was going to shut down and then i got the email back saying that we're going to postpone filming and my world went from cloud nine Mm -hmm. to mud yeah shattered dreams uh and desperate thoughts of my life is over (laughs) pretty damn quick um but i have a, a a wonderful fiance um who very very eloquently put it to me to shake myself up and go look you're not in this on your own everyone who was in the creative industry Mm -hmm. whether it be artistic directors actors actresses lighting technicians all of them had just had the same thing happen and i was like you're right thank you for (laughs) that 
Um, so she gave me a massive reality check. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took us the entire sort of year of, of lockdown and restrictions easing. And then the following March is when I got some good news. Um, there was, I got an email saying, yep, we're going to, we're going to start filming again. And then it became April, May time is when I sort of started to get my, my scenes yeah. filmed and that's again so we were sort of filming in the the march time for we move so there was a really no, tight we, we move was me so i think because you shot peaky first so we move we shot we move me that's right yeah so you have that's to, right you have to cover you're it. correct well, you try. are correct i tried to have my facts straight so earlier you mentioned that obviously you you received the news about your casting was under nta and you had to tell no one and don't answer this question. If it's that was to, tough. If it's that was tough. Trouble, but yes, I was going to ask, did you, did you not, like, did you end up telling no one, at least for a while? <laughs> I'm not going to say I, when I found out, just because I don't want you to get into any legal trouble, but did you not end up <laughs> not telling anyone? Uh, so I told my mum that mm. something big was coming. But you didn't even tell her uh, the show? I didn't tell her the show, oh, no. wow. So I didn't tell, I, I, I just told family that I have potentially landed the biggest role of my career so mm. far. And they were so excited. And, and of course, um, the only person who knew um, was my fiance could be because she was in the room when I received the call from my agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, was, if, if you didn't tell her, that's kind of like, Honestly, that's grounds to not go on with the wedding. I'm just saying, I'm not trying to <laughs> Im- imply anything. I'm just saying that like, if I find out that <laughs> you're holding, I'm like, come on, I wish I were going to go ahead with this wedding because like, that's a big, that's a big piece of permission to not tell me. Yeah, you're withholding this. What else are you, what else are you <laughs> it's hiding? A whole, it's a whole snowstorm going on. That one, we don't want to, we don't want to un- uncap that. Yeah. So absolutely. She was a must know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and from that point, I I didn't really tell many people because I was I was so fearful of of losing what yeah, I course. had already lost before. Um the funny thing is I probably shouldn't say this one either but uh a long time ago when Beauty and the Beast was um in production so the remake of Beauty and the Beast the Emma Watson one that's correct yeah. yes I was booked on that job to do um two weeks worth of dance work and it was it would have been great but i foolishly took a picture of my costume and posted it on instagram and hashtagged the absolute shit out of it and yeah let's say disney lawyers act fast oh no (laughs) oh no because that was 20 that's 2017 2016 yeah i was young so dumb you mean, and oh no so i lost i lost does, that job oh not to not to um open up old wounds but like how did that conversation go did it like were terminating you for breaking your nda like what happened? Well, it was a very quick conversation of did you post this picture yes i did can you delete it yes i can and then after that the people who booked me they called me and said um yeah, that was really stupid. So not only have you lost the job, you're now off the books. Um, uh, and that was... Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. Again, another another lesson very, very well learned uh, in, in that essence so of... You have to go find Say nothing. 
Yeah. Wow. So now I guard all the information and, and everything that I do quite, I play it quite close to the chest. Yeah, and then... I mean, like, if you, yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, not to go back a few seconds, but like, after the experience you just, you've just conveyed, I would not have told my fiance. I would have, <laughs> I would have told her on, on, at the altar on the wedding day. Because like, look, I, I, you've put it in context now, I wouldn't have told anyone. Would have, that would have been like, I would have just be like, oh, why? Well, I'm going to Birmingham just to see a friend. Yeah. I'll be back in like a week. Like, I'm not, uh, yeah, wow, that was, yeah. Oof. Trust the relationship is built upon. Uh, if Ooh. if she can trust me that I'm seeing a friend in Birmingham for a couple of months, <laughs> then then it, uh, we're rock solid. I got nothing to worry about. Oh wow, <laughs> it does that? Oh, that beauty of these stories. Oh Jesus, that's that's wow. Yes, because I can't imagine like just the. I, I don't want. Let's not even get to that. I can't imagine like the mental torture you must have been going through. Because like that's. Which obviously again explains why you were so heartbroken when filming was postponed on. Yeah, on I I thought six. it was another. I thought it was another one of those yeah. instances where everything you've sort of worked hard to get to um, was lost, and there's nothing you can do about it in that essence. And and there's there was nothing I could do about it. Although going back to Beauty and the Beast, there was a lot I could have done about that. It's just not posted. Yeah, but you like you said, <laughs> like put. I mean, it's 2016. You probably don't know. You don't know the ramification of the Disney NDA. You're young, like you said. That's wow. That's actually that's actually wow. That that that, that story has just thrown me off my of yeah, my wild. I've got a few of those, but um, I'll I'll, I'll avoid them wow. just for the sake of my own safety and sanity. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> Beauty and Beast came out. It was a big big success. I don't think Disney lawyers are uh trailing you anymore. No, um, they're off were the you, case. Did you know you were auditioning for Peaky Blinders when you did the audition? You know, this is a funny story in itself, um, and I didn't audition. Okay. So I was uh, playing a round of golf at my local golf course. So if anyone who's listening likes to play golf and wants to explore a new round, uh, Chesswell Downs in, in Stevenage, or Gravely as it's called. Um, <laughs> shameless plug, why not? Yeah, there's um, a shameless plug for the golf. Like, <laughs> of this isn't sponsored, by the way, so don't. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Honestly, we tried to, to have no, no free ads, but like, I will allow it. I will allow it because. No, don't. Delete it. Edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. No, Go ahead. We'll re- we roll that. We'll re-roll that one. I was playing golf and um, I got to sort of midway through the round and I, I got a missed call and I thought, oh, okay, it's my agent. I should probably call them back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did. And the signal was terrible. And at this point they said, um, they said to me, we've got something interesting coming through. Um, we'll give, we'll, we'll drop you the email later on. Um, and I said, okay, is there anything I need to do? No, just wait. I was like, okay, fine. So then I get my get to my emails after they've come through when I get home. Um, and all of a sudden I'm seeing booking incoming. And I thought, booking, but I haven't the audition. Yeah, I haven't done an audition. Yeah. And then um, I sent the email back. I said, Oh, okay, that's interesting. But what have I booked? I, I don't I don't remember re- sort of auditioning for anything recently. And they said, Oh, nothing nothing um nothing to worry about, but um it's peaky blinders. I said, hang on a minute. I said, you serious? Yeah, absolutely. But but I haven't auditioned. 
and it was so confusing. And I literally had just had my headshots redone about a month before that. So um, a huge shout out to the, the photographer that I used. Um, as he said to me, these don't speak to casting directors. These will these shots will speak to producers. These will book you work mm. um, just by sort of... And I was like, okay, how much of this is sort of sales pitch and how much of this is is genuine truth. Mm-hmm. Well, now I believe him 100%. I mean, I can't I can't lie about that. Not having to audition for one of the UK's biggest shows and being being a named character, it doesn't get better than that. And I can only attribute that to one of two things. Great representation and a great headshot and pure genius and luck by divine intervention from the universe. And that's that's pretty much it what a special mix that that made and oh yeah that's how i got it did it just popped into my inbox on on a day i was playing golf so <laughs> i can't grumble <laughs> like wow fair enough well, that's that's very i mean look if there's any if for some reason one of our five listeners is an up-and-coming actor well first of all i'll definitely co-sign the idea that you should definitely invest in headshots if you have they're quite expensive so if you have the money Definitely invest in, in good headshots. But Absolutely. Feel free to hit hit up Stefan on social media and probably he probably gives you the link to the headshot photographer. Like I said earlier, no free ads, so you would have to reach him online for Absolutely. that. That's actually slide into my uh, DMs and I'll and I'll message you his yeah. his handle and then you can slide into his DMs. Yeah, and then get some headshots that get you onto one of the biggest shows in the UK. Potentially, no um, guarantees. Well, look, we just, we just sell, it's just a sales pitch. Like <laughs> the rest is, we give you the, the pictures and hopefully you get divine intervention like Stefan as well. Boom. There you go. Um, well, okay. So we're going to take a quick break and then when we come back, I'm going to talk about Stefan about like actually being in Birmingham and actually shooting with like some living legends. The good stuff. Yeah. Okay. We'll be right back. Okay. So guys, we're back and join us in the Garrison pub. So you got to be, let's just jump right in, Stefan. You got to be in a scene and watch like greats like Killian Murphy and, and Stephen Graham and Paul Anderson just like, just cook and just do what they're doing. What was that like? Just like, you just talk. Tell me, what was that like being in a scene with people like that doing capital A acting, essentially? In one word, incredible. But one word doesn't sell podcast. And <laughs> if I'm going to elaborate on that, it was an education and i got the best seat in the house for mm-hmm. what everyone will see on their tv screens so i firsthand experienced them as human beings in a creative space and then i saw them switch switch to the thomas shelby the arthur shelby the um hayden stag yeah, so seeing them all be themselves and mm-hmm. then deliver their character was it was surreal because you you see it on TV and I've, of course I've watched it on TV and caught up with it on Netflix before I went and started filming so I was anxious when I first my first scene was with Paul Anderson and yeah. Daryl McCormack in the betting shop and this yeah. is where we are revealed in episode three. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're in the green room, just sitting in the green room, sort of, and they're saying, okay, you'll, you'll be on shortly. So, okay, cool. And then 
in in sort of comes Paul and Paul's walking around and he's like, "All right," and I'm like, "Oh shit, that's, that's him." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm okay. How are you?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, nice to meet you, Boise, Boise." I'm like, "Okay." Is that his actual accent? What he uses on the show? I'm as close to it as as, as possible, but he is. He's he's a he's a Londoner, so he's proper Cockney. Oh, okay. So he well, he stays in like the character's accent. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it threw me a little bit because I thought, who am I speaking with? Am I speaking with yeah. Arthur? Am I speaking Arthur. with yeah. Paul? And you kind of get a hybrid in the green room, and then when he goes into full Arthur, you get full Arthur, and it's incredible to watch um, that experience of of that that sort of reveal there's a funny story behind that which is it with the director sort of goes yeah it's going to be a really really cool shot we're going to sort of get the camera going to swoop up we're going to see you land on each of your faces and and it's going to be incredible i was like okay cool i see your vision i see the vision (laughs) and so i hear my cue line step out taking my glove off and i'm looking over towards paul and and daryl and they're both behind the camera at this point. And Paul is doing his best to make us break. <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, I am staring literal daggers into the center of Paul Anders- Anderson's head to prevent myself from creasing on the first take of my first scene on this massive s- sort of set. I didn't break. I have to admit, I didn't break. But I was, I was close. As soon as, mm-hmm. as soon as Anthony Byrne yelled "cut" that first time, I was, I was creasing. I was so, I was so close to laughing. It was unbelievable. And he said, "Yeah, strong, strong performance. That was good." Shakes my hand, goes over to my, um, goes over to Kieran playing uh, Joe Ray, uh, yeah. shakes his hand, uh, and sort of welcomes us all. And then Jack is the the guy at the top end playing playing Dougie Bill, and he everyone gets a handshake yeah and at that point it's the, it's that moment i'm like well that's it we're in we 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 we've been welcomed mm-hmm. um and then of course just a moment later we get from the director yeah we're going to do that one again but uh could we not smile uh the, the, and not laugh and i was thinking oh shit did i break did i did i laugh did i smirk and then I look over at Kier and he's looking at me, he's chuckling. I was like, no, that was me. I, I fully <laughs> laughed. I mean, <laughs> That's actually, um, obviously it's hilarious. But it's also very, it's very nice and very generous from Paul. Because like, you guys are shitting yourselves. You guys are on set of Peaky Blinders. And 100%. If you, if you mess it up, you've messed up this, this take. So not only does he get to humanize himself, so he's not like, oh, this is Paul Anderson and he's Arthur Shelby and I'm so scared. By, by being foolish, but also he, if anyone messes up, they can blame it on. Like the director knows, oh, well, it was just Paul messing up, um, fucking around and made them mess up. So like, <laughs> it's like, if anyone does mess up, like you said, someone did laugh and it, you had to redo this thing, but then it's not that person's fault. Everyone, including the director, knows it was, it was just Paul that was messing up. And it's a, it's a very calming thing and he obviously goes and shakes you. And that was just, that was just generous stuff. I, like, act, from an actor to be that generous and just make everyone else come. I can't remember who it was. I think it was George Clooney. Yeah, I think it was George Clooney and a Kendrick. She told his story when they were doing Up in the Air and then he asked her if she was nervous and she was like, yes. And he was like, yeah, me too. I'm very nervous. Like, I get nervous when I start every shoot and everything. And he's like, 
hears this, I was like, wait, George Clooney doesn't get nervous. That was, that was a lie. He just said that to make me feel comfortable. And it's just like, when an actor, because they don't need to do that. Like, Paul could have just been... His, oh, he could have been brutal. Legit. He yeah. could have been full Arthur and just, you're fucking shit. What the fuck is this? Who the fuck are these boys? Like, he could have fully tore as an asshole. Um, but no, he was the complete opposite. Um, yeah, that's really cool. And and really genuine, as was Daryl. Daryl was ace. Yeah, he was also really welcoming. Um, mm-hmm. What I found interesting was how many different accents there were in the crew, the production, and the actors in general. There's there's loads of different uh, um, accents going around. And for them to just switch back from native tongue to the, the, the Brum tongue was incredible yeah. to witness and a testament to their skill um as actors and and as their characters it's 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 interesting and you pick these little knacks up uh, as you go along mm-hmm. unfortunately didn't have any have any lines to say but you you're around the greats you pick it up and and within mm-hmm. within within sort of the first couple of hours i was already thinking all right just sitting there doing nothing and in, in, in sort of enjoying the scenes and watching people do their thing and you hear someone yeah. say something and then it's like, no, you know, I, Joe, yeah. Okay, well, what's your story in this scene? What are you doing? And we, we're talking to each other, creating our own stories inside mm-hmm. the bigger picture. Um, and and it was really fun, but that's that's fractional compared to the scene of us in the garrison and you've got, Tommy Tommy Shelby walking, claiming the space, and quite mm-hmm. rightly, and the guy is insane. And I don't want this to sound like I'm just blowing smoke and sort of fangirling over. I think we can fangirl over Killing Murphy. It's allowed. Yeah, but I would allow it. He's also one of the most genuine people I've ever met on a film set or a TV set. Um, mm-hmm. And how he is in interviews and as a person is exactly how he is and how you'd imagine he would be a gentle soul but on his a game from the minute he steps on set it is just incredible to witness i i I've, i fully respect everything he did and if there's a suggestion whether it be a free thought of oh why don't we try it this way or what if i do it like this the flexibility and the creativity of director and actor to to sort of make these comments and and create a a piece of of tv mm-hmm. it's so organic and it was great to witness because normally you 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 hear in interviews it was like oh i had this idea but director's vision was this so it was mm-hmm. done this way but it's the complete opposite with this. I feel like because it's been their baby for what's now 10 years, they have such freedom with it and they just express in and play in different ways. And it was such a great experience to be a part of that, to just witness them having fun. And then, of course, you're, you're having to remember that you're a part of that. Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like being at the theatre, but you are part of the show. And there was two or three moments in that garrison scene I had to catch myself and and sort of think, you're supposed to be acting. And all I'm doing is I'm just watching, (laughs) just watching the scene unfold. And then um, we have to remember the beats in which we we did sort of 
take a drag of the cigarettes or have a sip of the whiskey. And, and I'm thinking, fuck, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> I was just lost in, and it was like, yeah, we're going to flip this around and do another th three sort of camera angles. So everything you just did in that take, remember it. I was like, fuck. How many cameras did they have running at a time? So they did two cameras, uh, an A cam, okay. B cam. Yeah. And there were some moments where they did, the, the, the director of photography, um, Matthew, is unreal. What he was able to do with that camera and how he's able to portray it, you see it in the, in the, final, mm -hmm. yeah. in the final edit, but what he was doing and how it was coming together, guy's a genius. Yeah. Peaky has some of the, the coolest like, camera movements and camera like, pans and whatever on, on, on TV. You mentioned, you mentioned accents earlier. Yeah. And uh, let's, let's quickly talk about probably one of the king of accents, who I think I might be wrong where he might be using his real accent or at least something very close. Um, Stephen Graham, Hayden Stark, because he's from Liverpool, isn't he? Correct. Yeah. He's a scouse. Well, was he using his real accent in, in the show? He was. Yeah. He was, he was using his Liverpudlian accent. He, he may have heightened it somewhat or, or mm -hmm. may have muted it slightly. Um, but again, um, phenomenal phenomenal actor to be fortunate enough to grace his presence with and that guy came in like a like a lightning bolt just knew his even his entrance even his entrance like he's like i'm hating stag and i hate people were looking for me like it's just yeah i yes. remember that. yes and legit uh was again it was one of those moments i had to catch myself i was just observing someone do their 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 thing to such a high standard and i'm thinking oh, these people are insane like just comes oh if in, i was boom. in that scene in i guess it's the docks yeah between him and paul anderson that's right that's the i docks. would have started clapping mid-scene just, just start clapping <laughs> just be like well done you guys like actors like yeah because obviously paul I, I can't imagine how many takes they did for that sometimes like they had to like keep it to a particular level it's just yeah, to have like Paul and, and and Steven go back and forth like that, could imagine. Because again, you also, I don't know if you probably shot coverage for you guys, I'm sure they did, but like you're not really in, I think once or twice we see you in the background, but you're not really in the scene. You could quite literally just turn around and, and watch it like, like, like a show. Yes. So it was just, yeah, it was very, the, I, could, the, I, was just, I was imagining your, your feeling being in that, yeah. In terms of the accuracy of, of what you said, in terms of how many times did they shoot it, they did shoot it a few times because they caught so many different angles. So they had mm -hmm. the, the most choice of, of sort of shots to play with when it, when it came, to, came to the edit. And with that, there were, the, yes, there was a lot more sort of content that could have been shown of, of us. But again, it has to serve the story. And... Mm -hmm it's a really hard job for an editor to sort of take. And again, it's, it's hard for me to, to see it because of course you want to see more of yourself in a show, but what we did shoot was really fun. Mm -hmm. So there was more sort of action at the table. There was, there was sort of like a brawl outside the docks with the dockers. Oh, really? Yeah. The, the, we, we filmed a lot of, of oh, stuff wow. and, um, it was really, really good fun shooting all of it and seeing that slow-mo walk coming, coming up after, after he tells us, um, uh, your peaky blinders. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. that was, that was a walk that I was thinking this would be really cool if it was in slow-mo. And, <laughs> and then, 
And then we get told, well, you've just had your slow-mo walk. How does it feel? And I said, wait, what? That, that, that's the slow. And they were like, yep. And they showed us a, a, a still of the, um, of the sort of camera. And I yeah. said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is, that is it. Yeah, well, okay, that actually takes me to another point, which is Peaky Blinders is a very stylish show. Yes. Um, it's a very cool show. It, it, it wants to make its characters look cool. Knowing that going in, are you ever like, I need to be on my A-game because the camera could be on me at any time and I need to look cool. I need to look like I'm really threatening this person. Or like Because you can't be the one person that everyone else is looking cool and then you're just like, <laughs> the one on cool Peaky Blinders. Yeah, that's like, like picking his not, nose in the corner. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, not good, it's not good for your CV if you're the one on cool Peaky Blinders. Like, <laughs> so like, was that ever going through your mind or do you just trust that like they know what they're doing and I'll always look cool when it comes out? It's... um. It's 50-50 for me mm-hmm. personally. So I am thinking and conscious of where the camera is and how I appear and what I'm doing uh, so that I don't fuck it up. That's that's one thing that I'm very conscious and aware of. But I also know that the camera will find you where it needs to find you. And if you're if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you won't have to mm-hmm. worry about looking shit because you'll be doing what you're doing. If you're too busy focusing on where the camera is, yeah, you're not course, focusing yeah. enough on the scene and giving it 100% there. But there's always always an element of, do I look okay? Am I holding the gun in the right position? Um, do Is my jacket on right? Um, your cigarette. Like I feel like you have to hold your cigarettes in a very cool way because like, Yes, that was another. You have Peaky Blinders, you have Mad Men. People know how to hold cigarettes <laughs> cool in cool ways. Also, people don't. So, like, you yeah. can't mess that up. I had to. I had to actually ask. Um, <laughs> it's a funny story again. I had to ask uh, Kieran because he, with the the prop guy Simon Lee. Um, again, another another plug for the prop guy. I, I love these people. <laughs> they they're great. Yeah. They made me look cool. So I, I have mean, to it give takes them a village props. to make it make a film. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And so. Um, he comes over and says, um, so we're going to want you to smoke in this scene. Are you okay with that? I was like, yep. And he said, okay, cool. Um, so we'll give you this cigarette and I'll light it. Do you smoke if you don't? No, I don't smoke. <laughs> so, and this is the, this well, was the funny no. thing. You can't exactly. say no. You have to say yes to everything, of course. Yeah. Exactly. I, as if I was going to say, no, I'm not smoking in this scene. Oh, my <laughs> God. And it happened to be the first scene that we were shooting. And, of course, we were getting ready. And um, Jack and Kieran, they said, oh, we're just going to go for a smoke. Uh, do, do, do you want to come? I says, no, it's okay. I'll, I'll, I don't smoke. And they were like, okay, cool. No problem. So I went outside with them anyway just to catch some fresh air. They had their cigarette. And then we came back in and the, we, we started the scene. And then out of all the people that he could have chosen to give the cigarette to, <laughs> He came straight over to me and said, you're going to smoke in this scene. I was like, okay, that's fine. I looked at them and I was like, how the fuck do I do this? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then, of course, I light the cigarette and I, and, and I go to sort of take the first sort of toke on it. And, and my God, I'm sitting there like... <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, I'm okay. I'm a, I'm a tough guy. I can do this. Uh, and, and so in the end, I, I, I ended up uh, smoking it like a cigar and, and trying my best to look look cool. So, do uh, you 
what were your feelings when you watched the final cut and that is not in the scene? Like all lies in the scene is you holding the cigarette. Like it's not you, you smoking is not in there. Um, I'm almost grateful mm-hmm. because it means no one gets to see me looking like a fool <laughs> trying to smoke a cigarette or pretending to smoke a cigarette. Well, at least to me, obviously I'm biased because I'm your friend, but I felt like you, you pulled it off. I felt like you held the, cig- the cigarette in a cool way. You held Thank the you. whiskey in a cool way. I, I believe that you were a Peaky Blinder. We were one of them. Thank uh, you. I tried my best. Obviously, going in, everyone knew this was the, the final season of the show. And I'm sure you knew that going in as well. What was that like filming? Like, I'm sure it must have been quite emotional in between takes. Like, what was that like? Because, unfortunately, you guys are the guys coming in. You're the new kids. And you have to have been together, like you said, 10 years. And, like, they know they're shooting Absolutely, the last few yeah. It was bittersweet. Um, Hmm. It was really bittersweet because there were moments where you felt really lucky to be there and and to witness things like Charlie's Yard. Uh, I got to go to Charlie's Yard and I've got to go to the garrison. I've been to the the estate in which Tommy resides, like all of these iconic places. I've been there. I've walked the cobbles. I've experienced what most can only sort of dream to of course yeah and so you you take that in and you're like wow this is this is massive but then it's also the last time you'll ever be there so for me it was a lot of firsts and lasts simultaneously knowing that this is the first time i've been in the garrison but it's also Mm -hmm. the last time i'll be in the garrison and this is the first time i've been in the company of these characters this is also the last time I'll be in the company of these characters. Um, and with that, you you do go, you do get attached and emotional. And again, I was only there for the, the sort of span of a couple of months. And these people have been there for some upwards of five to, to 10 years. I can only imagine what it would have been like to, to be filming those scenes where they know that this is it after this point there's there's no more um but for me yeah it was it was one of those it was nice and there were emotional scenes uh where where people would rap they'd be clapped off and i've mm-hmm. I, I i was part of a couple of people was like yeah and that's a that's a picture rap for wow and you're like wow this really is coming to an end you you go you get there and you're like this is this is the sort of culmination of of decades of people's hard work graft and naturally it's become like a child for them there's a family ethos that they've they've developed and it's almost like no one wants to let it go but everyone wants to see it do well mm-hmm. and yeah, wherever people go from this point everyone was wishing everyone well at the at the 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 rap um and the the premiere of the first episode everyone was wishing everyone well and it was a great opportunity to be part of that family we were welcomed with open arms and taken in as a peaky and as a a creative and an actor and everyone was fantastic from the hair the makeup the the light, sound, technicians, the FX, the, the props, everyone was so welcoming. And in my experience, it was it was humbling, but also a really nice sort of 
entrance to the world of mainstream television. It, it was, it was. I couldn't have asked for a better experience. Yeah, that's that must sound so cool. Um, well, speaking of last times for things, mm. there is like, well, it's not even a rumor. I mean, I think Stephen Knight announced it years ago that it was going to be a film after the final mm-hmm. season. What do you know about that? What do you know about your involvement about that? I don't want to, again, this is, I don't want to get some you some Disney trouble, so feel free to no comment if you have no comment. But like, what do you have? What do you know about that? Do you, are there any rumors that you can legally say? I yeah, think, so what like, I know is pretty much what the public know. Mm-hmm. Because when we were, when we had our rap day, uh, to tie this in quite nicely, I asked the costume designer, I said, can I keep the peaky cap as a souvenir? I was going to ask about that, yeah. <laughs> and really interestingly, she said, um, no, you can't. And I said, oh, that's a shame. That would have been really cool to have and hang up on my wall. She said, yeah, uh, the reason why is because we're keeping all the costumes uh, just in case the film is is sort of greenlit. And okay. I said, oh, the the film she says yeah it's it's sort of rumored and i said okay okay fine and so that was it and of course the driver that took me back from set that day he was like oh yeah everyone's talking about the film and i said what film and this is oh the peaky film i was like how do i not know about this (laughs) well maybe you don't spend your time following film and tv news like like some of us so that's fair of course and then we sort of get home and out of nowhere, I see a news article pop up and Stephen Knight and the director, Anthony Byrne, have sort of been interviewed by Esquire. Um, there may have been one sort of for a couple of other news outlets as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's sort of the title was, have we seen the new generation of Peaky Blinders? And I thought, oh, oh, interesting title. And it used the picture of us in silhouettes with, uh, just before we do this sort of slow-mo walk at well, the so this is re- this is recently, like... Yeah, this well, is I'll, recently. Oh. So I haven't posted any of these to socials yet, but yeah, um, they'll they'll be sort of working their way out, I'm sure. But, but um, yeah, and it, it names us. Um, it says, if it's something along the lines of, the new characters are, are sort of highlighted in a way in which sort of alludes to them having a bigger part to play, maybe potentially in the future. Um, and then, of course, it then goes on to say Stephen Knight then confirms this by saying, I have to get the article up, in fact. Yeah, I mean, not to, again, not to spoil anything for the listeners, but there is, the finale does lay some groundwork for some Finn versus Duke kind of, if not rivalry, tension. I remember watching the film and I was like, huh, okay, I need to ask Stefan about this because I can see a storyline in which this is, a film in which this is the storyline. So- yeah, it, it has potential. And again, only through recent reading of news articles, the director wants to do some spin-off mm. uh, focusing predominantly on the younger peakies. So again, I don't well, know. This is you just know what? hearsay. I don't want you to say anything else because I do not want to be the the reason for any bad bad luck in your life because i like no, it way fine. too much for that 
But if, if you don't mind me doing so, I'd like to leave this quote with you from the Esquire article. Please, anything you're comfortable with, go ahead. Yes, um, and so this is a quote, um, and I'll start it off with, in Series 6, we're bringing in the new generation, and they're going to be a part of what happens in the film. Knight told Esquire when we chatted to him for our big oral history of Peaky Blinders. And further to that quote, I think it's finding those actors that you just watch and you think, there you go, there's the future. And that's just a short excerpt from the from the full article. But that, to me, sort of confirms, and then I hear more and more about different sort of outlets confirming yeah. the same article. So the film is coming. Okay. What happens in the film, I have no idea. The story is yet to be confirmed. The characters in that story are yet to be confirmed. So things are pretty much still on ice and under wraps. Yeah. And you would always have episodes three and six of Peaky Blinders final season, which I think was a very, very good season. I don't want to... I had flirted with talking about the show itself with you, but I don't want to spoil it just because something's happened, especially in the final episode. It's incredible. But, yeah, but it was very nice of me to see a friend and someone I've worked with be on Peaky Blinders and appear in one of Peaky Blinders' very famous long and cool shots. So that was that was nice and I'm so happy for you. And Thanks, I man. I do hope that. this leads to more beautiful stuff and just good work and hopefully hopefully see you on the big screen, knock on wood. Even not via this, but via something else soon enough. Then that is the that's the aim. As long as we can go onwards and upwards and keep moving up the ladder. That is the that's the goal. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe we'll see you on the big screen on on the film that we worked on because against all odds, that that film is going to come out. It's anyway. Um, Absolutely, I'm I'm really excited to see it. Like, there's yeah. there's elements of of this character in Eric that I I've never played before, and I'm really interested to see how you've captured it and how it works with with the rest of the piece. So I'm really looking forward to that almost as much as I was in looking forward okay. to seeing the reveal uh, okay let's let's calm down no, 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 it's not look. almost the same as peaky blinders like that, that's, that's fine you know like that's okay i'm not trying to blow smoke i'm not trying to 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 sort of um over egg the 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 response i genuinely am i i, I everything that i put sort of myself to i i, I do for the love of the craft is it was challenging in a different way like i've never been a Birmingham gangster before I've never been um I've never been in a situation where I've had to do what I had to do in in we move mm. and that was challenging in and flexing a different muscle which which I can't wait to see how it looks on camera because if I if I look like um uh, an idiot I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm pretty sure you 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 would have said. Uh, by the way, we're not going to release this film. Just yeah, like, um, do you think you want to go back to Peaky Blinders? <laughs> just because we found someone else? Um, no, trust me, you do not look like an idiot. And we we were thrilled on the day with what we got, and we've been thrilled with what we've seen in post production. And I can't wait for you to, at the very least, you will see it, if not the rest of the world. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I'm joking, but yeah, um, you yeah, know, thank Stefan, thank you so much for doing this with me and just like engaging with me for my own film and tv nerd and just wanted to know what it's like to be on a set of peaky blinders that's um, not a problem it's not a problem i've thoroughly enjoyed myself that's great well, I'm, I'm glad um i look everyone is welcome on the podcast if everyone wants to come back and talk about 
something you're in or something you're enjoying. If there's a show you're enjoying and you want to talk about it, feel free to hit me up. That's no problem. Absolutely. Um, I, d- I definitely will. I watch a fair amount of TV, um, most of it unorthodox. And so there, if there's anything yeah. that I find you've discussed or are discussing and I feel like I can throw my two pennies worth in, uh, then I'll let you know. Uh, and and if your listeners enjoy it, then for sure I'll, I'll come back. If not, if they think who is this guy, get rid of him. Don't invite him back. Well, then. we only have five listeners, so it's fine. Like <laughs> to you yeah. five, I, I know where you live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure: I don't. I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll send it to you. I'll find it. Like it's weird what Google can do nowadays. We'll find it. We'll find them. Anyway, yeah. we're gonna live here now because well, I don't want to. Sp- I could spend another hour talking about been on the film set but let's not do that because i cherish those five listeners thank you again to stefan sure not a problem if you want a part two subscribe like and then hit him up get at him in the comments you heard exactly what he said and i'll leave it there thank you to stefan thank you to my regular co-host jibs shout out to my producers and social producer and guys yeah if for some reason you're not watching picky blinders go watch picky blinders um, Stefan, do you want to let people know where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, you can definitely find me at Really Healy on Instagram and also on Facebook. Uh, Stefan Healy is where you can find me. If you Google search Stefan Healy, you'll find pretty much all links to all of my socials, but I'm most active on Instagram. So any of those places you can find me, um, be great to to potentially link up with some of you. Yeah, and if you need headshots, message him and he'll tell you where he got his from. That's Absolutely. On this set of Peaky Blinders. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Stefan. And thank you, everyone that's listened. And join us next week when we'll be joined by BAFTA winner and Oscar winner Daniel Kaluuya. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>